Hello, and uh, I think it's welcome. I'm not sure what it is, but it feels weird. It's been um, a very weird couple of days. But, you know, it's if you're listening, good good to see you. It kind of weirdly feels like a football apocalypse. But um, we've just, we're at the time, it's like 9.30 now on a Tuesday. The, uh, over the last three days, the uh, European Super League has, has been built up um and it has crumbled <laughs> suddenly all the teams are, are are missing um and 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 deciding not to after what was probably the worst thing to have ever happened in football or maybe not as we'll discuss um not that we support it in fact we obviously don't um but we've got gus back which is kind of good news yeah i wish i wish it was slightly like better times mm-hmm. and I, I'm already sick of the word unprecedented over the last two years but again the, these really are <laughs> unprecedented times aren't they do you remember do you remember when it was after the um I can't remember which game it was but it was one of the, I think the last podcasts we did together and we were talking about what a crazy season this has been with uh, with Aubameyang getting malaria and all these different things that have come about. Um, and we were like, the script writers or whatever, whoever like is in charge of this story is, <laughs> is mental. And if you told this story, you wouldn't believe them. You, you would watch this film and you would think, this is, this is too much. I, I just don't believe this anymore. You, you couldn't write it. You can't make mm. this stuff up. You really can't. You really can't. Although, so it has been like three days, basically, hasn't it? So um, on Sunday night at about, what, 11 o'clock? Um, and it's, what, 9.30 now on a Tuesday. It's, it's been built up and collapsed. And, and, and Gus, like, uh, look, the only common denominator I can find within that time bracket is the time where you weren't involved with the podcast. So from 9.30 on Sunday night when I recorded it with James, who was, you know, it was very good. And until what, 9.30 now is the exact time window where the European Super League was was announced. So were you involved and what do you have to say for yourself? Yeah, I was hanging out with big Seb Blatter and the rest of his gang. Um, We came up with it on Sunday evening, decided Mm. to just run with it never considered this before and then um yeah and then it's obviously not gone that well it's ridiculous isn't it how quickly this has happened it's it's biblical mate like it's it's unbelievable like just how fast it can be built up and i just don't know what they were i mean if we go into it now i mean at the very beginning what were they thinking i mean how did they not think that this is the reaction that they were going to get did they just think they were going to put a fast one did they think that some people would actually like it because they'd be playing bigger teams they think particularly maybe arsenal and and tottenham fans and to an extent liverpool at this point would be like well shit you know it's a back it's a way back into it um at least there would have been a split in the fans or something i don't know why what was going through their mind I don't know. My um, like I heard about it like everyone else on Monday morning, and my first question is like, "What the fuck is the European Super League?" And I still don't really understand. Like, it seems obviously it's a, it's a table of up to twenty teams that are going to be two lots of ten. Mm. But like, what's the point? Like, how do you sell that to someone? Like. Mm. 
we're like that sounds a lot like the Champions League, which is fine. Just leave that as it is. And yeah, your your question of what were they thinking? I think in our group chat, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Tom said they're so um, far detached from mm. from like football fans because you could ask anyone and they're immediately going to be like, that's a terrible, terrible idea. <laughs> like I was saying to my flatmate earlier, I was like, I genuinely think you could have gone in with a cup of cold sick and offered that to people and they would have taken that over the European Super League. We've all been there. We've all been there. Yeah. I um yeah, it's it's a it's very it was really like disheartening, I think. I mean, we know that the, the owners are in control. We know as we'll get into that there are various different evil institutions, including the Premier League, including FIFA, including UEFA. But I know and but I think we've we all live in like a capitalist society and I think we Whilst without, I don't want to go too broad, although it really is quite a broad topic. So maybe it is. Like, it, we all kind of succumb to the fact that this is what this is what we live in, and at least, um, at least like uh, that there's some co- sort of competition. Like we can at least believe in the story. We know we see the upsets. We've seen, you know, uh, Porto win the uh, Champions League in our lifetimes. We've seen some crazy things, the upsets, and. You basically say goodbye to all of that and you kind of think, what's the point, right? So we're, we're part that's of the, Yeah. That's the exact phrase that I think, what's the point? Like literally um, on Thursday last week, when we, when, we, um, when we had that big Europa League win, um, mm. before the game, I, um, one of my housemates, she's not really into football at all, and um, she was like, why is this such a big game? Why are you making such a big deal out of this? It's like, oh, if we win this, we get into the semis, we might get to the final. If we win the Europa League, we're back in the Champions League, we're back in the, the big time, we get loads more money, uh, then we can like build our squad better, we can start to try and you know get regularly into the top four, compete for the Premier League, etc., etc. And there's this whole cascade of things, of that like that narrative over a long period of time. When you watch one game on its own in isolation, mm-hmm. it's not particularly you know it doesn't count for anything which is why nobody enjoys watching international friendlies but when it's in that narrative of like this would could lead to this which could lead to this it it's much more exciting and then as soon as you take that narrative away and it's like well what happens if you do, if you lose this game it's like well nothing we we still guaranteed shitload of cash mm. we still blow every other team in this who's not in this um division out the water Mm. Meanwhile, in this division, we'll we'll probably be like the whipping boys. We'll be us and Tottenham will be scrapping it out for for last place in this like thing. Fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it it really underlines. It it really sort of stop makes you stop and think about really why you love sport so much, and particularly in this outside of the US, I think. And that's no disrespect to to how sport was built there. Like, but um, I just think that the way that we sort of emotionally invest ourselves for for one reason or another, we just love these stories and it's an unwritten story. It's one that you pick it, you pick your side and you stick with it and you invest your emotions, your money and your time. You know, we've we've been doing a podcast now about all this and I uh, genuinely, when this is coming out, I'm like, if if we were in the like super league, it'd be like, would I really be that interested? And I think I 
suddenly draw and sort of understood why I couldn't quite put my finger on why American fans or American sports have the atmosphere or the, um, the lack of, um, I don't want to say conviction about maybe their fandom or there's kind of like a lack of tribalism, tribalism, whatever it is. There's just, I don't know. Until this moment, I didn't really realize why that was. I thought maybe it was just quite assumptive about the American nation and the people. And I think that maybe it's completely wrong it's just if you're given a product and that product has got nothing to lose then what what, what there's nothing to lose so it's like oh it's fine we'll get what, good, what is the point like yeah. what is the point like there's no risk there's literally and yeah. that's there's no competition and if you can't be invested in a competition then i mean let's play this out right we're in the super league say obviously we're not now it looks like everyone's dismantling which is great but you know we we were getting over us, over ourselves, so excited about a quarter final in Prague and against Slavia Prague. We were over the moon. We were invested. It was all or nothing. This was it. It was against Slavia Prague, right? And they were the same. They've got the same route, and 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 it's crazy. And and so do many many teams in Europe. And now we would have, I don't know, if we were in the Super League, it would be like, oh right, yeah, well. If we go out to Villarreal or we lose the United in the final, then yeah, okay. it doesn't matter. Yeah, it literally yeah. doesn't matter. And it's just like, yeah. oh, it would be nice for us to win. And now I can see how like American sports and fans within that stadium do. They, they, it's a, it's a different reason why you experience the sport. You enjoy the 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 spectacle of it, and you enjoy the, I don't know, you appreciate the skill. But there's no tribalism. There's no like, it's not war. And the more emotionally invested are, the more you get out of it. And yeah, and that's why people end up doing things like, uh, I don't know why I've gotten to this, but like, you know, if they're not interested in a sport, they'll do things like betting more, typically. You know, that it, well, the idea yeah. is that you bet to make it more exciting. To make and, it more interesting. <laughs> yeah, because it's you're not that interested. I mean, obviously people bet for different reasons and, you know, it can be fun, but um, yeah, I'm sort of rambling now, but I'm just sort of trying to, trying to come to terms with it, you know? Yeah, and I, I don't know if you know this, I heard today that, um, so the first idea is there's these what's 12 founding clubs whatever um they want to bring it up to 20 and the last five will be in there will be a merit-based promotion system into it Mm. but if if that occurs so let's say um this goes ahead and for example leicester um get promoted into the super league no matter who wins the Super League, Real Madrid and Barcelona get more money than anyone else. So if Real Madrid and Barcelona finish 19th and 20th and Jesus. Leicester Arsenal finish 1-2, Real Madrid and Barcelona still get more money than the winners. So it's it, it, I can't think of another word of it than rigged. Like it's just mm. set up and the only thing that everyone is just seen straight through this transparent like this like horrible uh plan is it's mm. basically like it's just to line the pockets of the people who have already got lots of money which is actually like i was thinking today is a horrible like re- reflection of society really it's just essentially like yeah this is pretty much what goes on in in everyone's life already and now we're just gonna not even pretend to have a a merit-based system anymore like we've kind of tiptoed around it for a while with you know like financial fair play we'll get onto all this in a minute but 
it, it already is the situation where mm. you know you get an investor you're a rich club you become successful that drives more money you therefore have even more money you become more successful so you just kind of spiral upwards whereas the teams at the other end of the pyramid don't get very much interest from investors because they don't have big tv deals they don't get much exposure so they can't attract good players so they get worse yeah. and there, either way you're kind of like there's no social mobility i don't know what the, the word for that will be in football but like relegation yeah, yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's so, it's so difficult. Like, the, the, and the the ones that are actually occur are held up. You know, Bournemouth like came mm. from League Two up to the Premier League, back in the Championship. Now, like, for anyone listening, like me and Toby both from High Wycombe, like Wycombe Wanderers, recently gone from League Two up to the Championship, rock bottom of the Championship right now. Smashing but, it, smashing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like those are the core, like those are the stories that people like, and it's like, you know, love them or hate them, like most people were pretty impressed that that Leicester managed to to win the Premier League. I don't think anyone begrudged them uh, no. a title victory, no. and uh, it's just so much more interesting than City just banging in league title after league title because they're the richest club. Yeah, and even the teams that are historically really successful under that model, in the in the you know in the model where you you earn you know you you earn your money and that money gives you the opportunity to grow but that's it's not i don't know because I, I, without getting to maybe uh, um ideological i don't know what would be a, a better way yeah. um i'm sure there's a there's a there's a lot of research in, that can be done on that and i don't know but there's still risk there's still like, like arsenal were one of the richest clubs in the world they bought a new stadium which ended up uh you know the the gave them like a less money in the end and there was more money they had to sort of put into it and they ended up spiraling a bit out but that's happened to liverpool that's happened to if we go back further like um aston villa nottingham forest newcastle united blackburn rovers all top like leads like everybody it's happened to everybody and there's no reason why it wouldn't happen to them again the, the difference with what was allowed in the takeovers with chelsea with city and really, that's the only two I can think of um, that, that, that have kind of cheated that system in a way. But all of the others that were at the top were cyclical anyway. Football is so cyclical by nature, right? And uh, this removes that, this this whole Super League thing. I mean, obviously, we're very against it. Um, so it's, it was really disappointing. Um, and and I, I was one of the people that uh, immediately, as soon as it happened, I was like, I'll probably stop supporting just Arsenal if, if this happened and, and very quickly I realised actually sadly that it just wouldn't have been true because you can't <laughs> you know you, exactly you, same thought process. You, you, you're suckers to these situations and had this gone yeah. through they've got us by the balls and you know and we would we would have followed it we would have ended up being sucked into it and we would have you know enjoyed it for a bit and enough to be invested but it would never ever 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 have felt as good as if we'd earned it yeah i agree and then like earlier today i was just looking because obviously everyone's come out and said oh this is terrible we shouldn't um allow this to happen um and a lot of them are basically you know the phrase of um you shouldn't people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones mm. like i just ran through the you know a, a, a chunk of um you know organizations from top to bottom on you know potentially why they 
shouldn't be up on their high horse about you know the morals of of doing this so like obviously at the top you got fifa seb blatter uh he what was what did you call accused. this list? um <laughs> uh, <laughs> well the title like seeing... of the email yeah. well, the, the title of the email was just super league because so i emailed this to toby earlier um <laughs> uh, and it's essentially just a, a list of a bunch of cunts <laughs> <laughs> i, I thought it. that's what it was called yeah <laughs> um, so i'm not going to use that word too often i don't know if no, that's to fair say that. no um but top, yeah, FIFA, um, Seb Blatter was is, is being banned for um, FIFA for six uh, six years because he's corrupt. Um, part of that corrupt, uh, corruption was with the 2022 World Cup deal, for which I'm sure everyone's aware. But essentially, Al Jazeera <laughs> paid FIFA millions of dollars, which added up to $880 million, including some money given by Qatar to FIFA to host the World Cup. And those documents now are part of they're being held by the Swiss police. Mm. Uh, since then, 6,500 migrant workers have died in Qatar since the World Cup was awarded. Um, you know, at that, I think you've got enough information just to shoot down any kind of moral yeah. like objection people have. I mean, that's, uh, belief, that's... Yeah, go on. Sorry. I, I, I've got a few here, so if you want to interject, yeah, I'd, please do. Well, just on the joke, you know, on the thing about the World Cup, I mean, here we are sitting on our high horses as in, in, you know, we're in London and we're in the Premier League and it's all very safe and all oh, the idea of our football being, you know, ultimately it's money, right? Yeah. But there are 6,500 dead people yeah. that we're all going, oh, yeah, Middle East, isn't it? Not great. Exactly, it's, 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 it's just yeah detachment from it it's institutional racism it's the willing to yeah. look the other way and quite frankly the money's been you know give, given over and uh, yeah I, I and it's, this is basically mm. like i think uh, it sums up your it, it supports your point of saying like people will probably just continue what they already did um and this isn't to judge anyone by the way like i'm not saying oh we should all stop supporting football immediately and boycott everything because you know the chances are i'm going to watch the world cup as much as i don't like it uh, i probably will watch it but then you know like you re go down the list you're like okay well like the the premier league financial fair play <laughs> man city essentially got away with murder and a large i looked into it today and um so the Court of Arbitration for Sport overturned the two-year ban, saying that most of the alleged breaches of financial fair play were either not established, meaning they couldn't find enough uh, uh, evidence, or time-barred, meaning there was lots of evidence, but it is older than five years, so they can't use that. The FA have come out and said that they oppose this and that it's morally wrong, but in 2012, John Terry was banned for four matches after racially abusing Anton Ferdinand. You know, like even recently, Slavia Prague's player banned for ten matches. It's like, uh, it's like literally, Nicholas, Nicholas Bentner was banned and fined for having Paddy Power written on his boxes. Mm. There are the other boxes available. <laughs> the Premier League yeah. that was founded <laughs> so clubs could take advantage of television rights. Mm. Arsenal themselves. Fans uh, were forced to sell their shares to Stan Kroenke in 2018. Lots of them have had them for multiple generations. 
they made multiple redundancies last summer, including most of the scouting department and obviously Gonosaurus. Days later, they signed Thomas Party for £40 million, offered over 250k a week and similar to William, which is not like to say any of that is is wrong to do it's just the optics of like how they organized those events and said okay lay off all these people and immediately just go and splash a load of cash on these guys it's really Uh, disappointing so the, they then obviously agreed to be one of the founding members of the European Super League, which like actually makes me feel a bit sick. Mm. And then the Arsenal Supporters Trust came out and said that Arsenal Supporters Trust applauds the announcement made by Arsenal that they're breaking away to form a European Super League. This represents the death of everything. Yeah. Oh, I see. Sorry. So they, yeah. they're, they're, this represents the death of everything that football should be about. Mm. And then oh, alongside that, so you've got the supporters trust on one side and the owners on the other completely polarized and then their, their club motto between them is victoria concordia crescate which translates to victory through harmony like <laughs> none of this is like what the fuck is going on and then individuals at the club like raul sanye like was fired after i forget his name but there's a Got a, like a lawyer came in in like february march time to oh, essentially what's go his name through. he's got he's got a funny name Okay, funny name man. Seems yeah, probably a lovely bloke. Funny, funny name. name man. That, that's him. Yeah. <laughs> so, Tanyeri is clearly a Roman. Uh, the relationship with Keir Jarabjin, like the, the fact that there's an agent who is coming to watch our games in the box with the owners, it's just like there's a clear conflict of interest there. And then, like other individuals that are not associated with Arsenal, like the high-profile cases, Messi and Ronaldo, both done for tax mm. evasion. And ultimately, like the the summary of this is essentially like there's nothing wrong with these clubs getting money for doing better, but it it still reinforces that lack of competition because you do more, you get more money, and then you, you do better again. Um, and essentially, the richest clubs from the richest league will dominate and the rich will get richer and the poorer clubs will become disenfranchised. I did steal that and unfortunately I can't find where that quote is from. Those are not my words. I did take those last few words from someone else. Alan Partridge. I should that. <clears throat> Alan Partridge, does it, yeah. Yeah, I remember. And like, just to highlight that, like, in, in September, Macclesfield Town was dissolved because they couldn't afford to, to keep going while... Real Madrid are complaining of losing 400 million euros because of the impact of the pandemic. And I googled Real Madrid's squad value and it's 700 million euros. So like any other business would be forced to sell their assets in order to pay their debt. That's how the fucking works. Yeah. But Real Madrid for some reason are like, yeah, fuck it. A small violin out for Real yeah. Madrid. You know, multiple people have died. <laughs> Millions of people have died. People have lost... Uh, family members and they're they're complaining because in the pandemic the value of their club has decreased yeah it's uh yeah it's it's been a really dark um couple of days but i think it really has underlined how 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 kind of dark uh, even football obviously the institutions but actually when you put it like that arsenal really and the people running the club from the owner level down to the executive level, at least some of them are, are really uh, like sickening, you know. And yeah, I know a lot of clubs say this about themselves, but <clears throat> you do kind of expect a bit of class about how all it was. I and mean, then Wenger really drove that culture, and 
see David Dean was around and they were a great duo. But even David Dean was a fan of the Super League. At, at times, there was a few quotes I saw flying around and maybe this just was an opportunity for for this to be highlighted. And I do put this to you, though, because this really underlines, I think, why how fickle Arsenal fans were. And I, and I let's go let's go through the, the assumption that the Super League is going ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, it isn't, obviously. But let's say theoretically it goes ahead. Arsenal don't go. But City, United, Chelsea, Arsenal. I'm going to have to put my hand up and say, I'd rather be there than not. (laughs) In all honesty, honesty, what what is like, yeah, the rest is pointless, but uh, sorry, the the, the competition is kind of pointless, but the alternative is accepting that your club is beyond, like below that, uh, forever, forever will be below that. There's no coming back. And that there's nowhere to, to hope for. So uh, maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I agree with you on everything, but I don't know if I'd want Arsenal to join. I Because mm. I was thinking earlier today, like if UEFA managed to, you know, if enough clubs get behind, like, essentially get behind this and say we're not joining, mm. um, UEFA suddenly have quite a lot of power then and they might, decide to make examples of clubs and just say to okay to you 12 clubs that that started this you're not you're banned from european competition for three years right or whatever uh, and you know what uh-huh. i think i'd actually welcome that and think I'd absolutely what, like, welcome it yeah that is gonna like cripple the club financially mm. um as soon as people's deals are up like david louise Obama, you're like he, he, we cannot afford to pay him that money if we're not getting any money in. Yeah. But I would be like, you know what? I'd far rather someone made an example out of someone, and if it's Arsenal, so be it. Then, mm. then, uh, then us all just sweeping it under the carpet, pretend it didn't happen, and carry on. And then yeah, it just I, for it to happen further down the line. I think it's inevitable that it will happen. By the way. Yeah, me too. I was I was actually just about to bring that up. I I genuinely believe that. Arsenal, Man United will be kicked out of the Europa League. The rest will be, and I, and I believe I think the the quarter finalists of Slavia Prague and who was the other one, Ajax or someone would um, would then be reinstated into the semis rather than being like it just being an automatic final or PSG just winning the the, the Champions League. But um, yeah, I, and, and I, I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, I'm just trying to I'm going to get up the Premier League table at the moment. So if that was to happen. They would take the top six teams that aren't of the six there. Um, so that means Leicester, West Ham, Everton, Leeds, top four. Villa and Wolves would be Europa League. And that yeah. will probably be consistent for a couple of years because I don't think we'd get... Let's let's say, or the, let's guess that maybe they'd be banned for a few years. But then again, I don't know if UEFA would want to do that because again money and if you don't have those teams like <laughs> yeah, people yeah, no, they won't yeah. get their money so maybe it wouldn't but yeah. the- theoretically let's say that you, you go through that process they've been banned for three years right those top four are in the champions league for or there's like a, a cycle of those teams southampton uh crystal palace newcastle all sort of hit the heights and have a go in the champions league get a load of cash yeah that cash because they'll get somewhere as well they'll get to the quarterfinals at least a couple of them because there's you know it's the same happening elsewhere in the leagues suddenly we've got a really even 
Premier League and we've got like 15 teams that are have had the opportunity to have a couple of years of Champions League money. Um, and where does that put, I mean, realistically, Liverpool, um, Liverpool, uh, Li- uh, City, United, Chelsea would be fine. I don't think Arsenal and, and Spurs would be. Not at the same sort yeah. of financial level. Yeah, that's when you have to be really sceptical and think, okay, um, where, at what point does do the Cronkies cut their losses and say, this club is not worth, like, we'll put this back up for sale? Because mm. they might ride it out and then just pump money into the club to improve the value of the asset. Yeah. Because, you know, let's say we were at Champions League for four years and the other teams were also, or two years, whatever. When that when they come back in, you've suddenly got a bit of a free-for-all of like, okay, this is a big season now because it's going to mm. be these top four are probably going to be like the established big four clubs. So it might be an opportunity for, you know, someone who's got a lot of cash to say, okay, let me put in 500 million of my own money yeah, you guys build a squad that will get you into the top four, and then I've, I, you know, I'll recoup my losses within two years. Yeah, and they'd easily do it. Um, well, you don't know, but like that would be one option. The other option would be like sell. Yeah, yeah. So uh, put the, the club on the yeah, put the club up for sale essentially. Yeah. Um, I, and I could see and it happening and, and the value would be so much lower, you know, but then Kroenke would have lost a, a hell of a lot of money and maybe it's up to him to chuck in a few hundred million to, to, to you know, bring it back up to where it could be. Um, by mm. the way, just as we've been on the air, I'm looking now on social media. and um, So Hector Bellerin, uh, who is, you know, looking likely to go in the summer. I can't believe now I'm actually talking about football. But anyway, he's posted on his social media a picture of Arsene Wenger with a quote saying, to all of the Arsenal lovers, take care of the values of the club. My love for love and support forever. A picture of Arsene Wenger with his quote. So, I'm such uh, a fan of him. I am. And I'm sad that he probably will go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. It's, 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 it's really sad. And I don't really know where this leaves us. We're going to look so embarrassed when we're playing Everton this week. Oh, my God. It's going to be so embarrassing. Um, and I feel sorry for the players to have to have gone through this. I feel sorry for the managers who are clearly very against it. I was very, I wouldn't have blamed the managers if they were quite um, placid about how they were, you know, responding to any interview and questions. But it turns out they were pretty vocal. You know, Klopp, fair play to him. Pep, fair play to him. Jose got the sack. Very funny. Um, you know, we've yeah. spoken about that. But anyway. I mean... I know, but uh, it's hard to think of other things. Isn't yeah. it? It's like... And I'm thinking about, you know, the Fulham game and I, I, I don't care. I was just like, yeah, I'm it's just, yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's really ruined at least for, it's just very embarrassing that we'll, we've all come back now. And, but look, okay, well, let, let, let's finish on, uh, you know, for a few minutes or however long, but what, what are the positives that, that could happen for this? So I had a bit of a thought, as I post on the Instagram, but like it does really show that when we give a shit about something enough, if the fans really wanted to, we could put pressure on institutions to do something about stuff. Right. We've seen that. And it's a bit sad that it's basically money, but actually really it's sort of a threat to the integrity of the sport. 
but if if we can do this about this like why not things about racism I mean, and that's absolutely institutionally awful what if i don't know what we would do but like what if there was just putting pressure on teams to actually take some action what if a whole whole fan base got behind so we're like well we're not doing something we're not participating in this until you sanction them correctly i mean 10 game ban for that racist incident in in prague was awful and we've seen it before there was that that time where where liverpool came in support of luis suarez and didn't get fined you know when he was being a racist and to uh what was it it was uh ever no yeah yes it was ever yeah of course it was um and you know john terry the same and maybe maybe there's some some good to be I think taken so. from the I power so. of fans versus owners, right? Yeah, and I think um, it was Patrick Bamford, wasn't it? He raised that in um, in his post-match interview Did after he? the Liverpool game. Yeah. He got asked about it. He's good. I like Patrick Bamford. Yeah, I like and him. He, uh, he, was, he was basically saying, um, yeah, it's good to see all those fans mobilised, but it's a bit depressing that it only occurs when it's going to directly affect them. Mm. so it's true like if it you know uh, but it it should be it should be a wake-up call to say like okay like that you do as a group like a large body you have Mm. power of you know like i don't know who i think it is uefa's thing is like we have zero tolerance for racism you know etc it's like well you say that (laughs) And you, you know, you do these symbolic gestures, which are good, like taking the knee before the game, etc. Mm. But like, when it comes down to like cash, you prioritise that over. Mm. You know, you're not going to kick a player out of a club. I'll say you, you've got a lifetime ban. Whereas as a fan, if you were, if you were found to be, you know, racially abusing anyone at the club at the stadium. Mm you would get a lifetime stadium ban. And I think, and that's not to say I don't think that should be the case. 100% should be the case. Mm. But it should also be the case for players. It should be yeah. like, well, you're done. Get out. If, if yeah. I went into work and I racially abused a co-worker, <laughs> I'm done. Like, there yeah. is no, it's not like, Too oh, right. don't come in for 10 days. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, um, completely. I, I couldn't agree more. And this is the thing about taking the knee, right? It's It's... It's um, it's a really good gesture. I think. Look, I'm, I'm a white guy. There's, I, I get that. I think Louis um, Wilfred Zaha's come out and say that he finds it degrading stuff and, and fair play. Like we should really listen to whatever we're told on this. And if there's a good, if it's a good gesture, let's do it as a good gesture. But UEFA seem to use it as their like strategy. It's like their yeah. actual plan to get rid of racism. Taking the knee is yeah. not going to get rid of anything. <laughs> it's a good reminder as a gesture. It's great. It's a good. It's not. It's not even a start. It's not even that. It's just. A symbol to say hey look we're still doing this here's yeah. a million other things we should be doing but yeah. aren't, aren't doing anything about it let's just take yeah. a knee and then hopefully it'll go away and then they'll just ban players for like a few games if they racially abuse someone and it's, it's disgusting and um yeah it's yeah sad yeah. no i do i do think i do think um good come good things can come from this like in my utopian happy version of this is that all the the European Super League gets overturned, mm. then basically UEFA, FIFA, the FA, etc., go on the offensive and and start implementing these things, saying like, okay, you've tried this, you've crossed the line. <laughs> we're essentially just going to come back at you now. You know, we're implementing. You know, um, as soon as a player is found to have 
racially abused someone else, their contract with that club is terminated. Hundred percent. Yeah, um, yeah. You, you can if you if you want to be the club that signs someone who's uh, been you know essentially like um, fired for for racism, then fine, you can do. But nobody is going to want to be that group. That financial fair play comes in, but if with a like an actual component of it that's that's measurable like a salary cap or something like that basically yeah. trying to level the playing field a little bit i mean I rugby have a good way of doing it don't they i mean they, they've got a salary cap and if you go abroad yeah. then then you're not allowed to play for your country sorry if you go to yeah. um france for example france. you're not allowed to, yeah but because they have you know no salary cap so yeah. um but they, they also have the six nations which is a closed closed league yeah but the thing about that is um that's now up for debate, but before there, there just simply wasn't another team that was up to compete. And when there was, they thought there was, they brought in Italy and actually they were dire and it's kind of pointless. Right. Um, and they're now talking about bringing relegation because there are teams like Georgia, Portugal and other teams that are sort of threatening to, to, to do well. And uh, that, that, that's kind of, I feel like always in the balance, but something that football isn't, uh, doesn't have a problem with is participation. Like, yeah, Everybody wants to play, you know. I get that franchises would do it. I know the Super League was like that for a while, and all sorts of things. Uh, sorry, the rugby one, rugby league, but it kind of makes sense because um, because they're trying to build a franchise, a product that yeah. people could then get on board with. But football does not need to do that. It's oversubscribed yeah. if anything. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, the participation is the last thing it needs to do. It doesn't need to build a product. It, the product is like the sport that everybody universally loves. Um, and that's sort of the magic of it. Whereas the magic of other sports, you, you do have to build for whatever reason, you know? Um, so that, but no, it's like the same test, test match cricket, you know, it's, it's, it's pointless, but they do add teams to it. Um, Ireland recently. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I guess all sports have it, but yeah, I, I think taking away the relegation and promotion structure mm-hmm. of a football league for me, it, it, I'm just done. I'm not interested in that. And uh, their 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 like rationale for doing it is like, oh, young people are. This is a direct quote. Young people are no longer interested in football. They have other platforms on which to distract themselves. <laughs> and then BBC put up a, a poll, and it was eighty nine percent of people disagreed with the European Super League. It's like, who are they asking? Who are these young yeah. people that they're saying like, we uh, yeah, we don't really like football anymore. Mm. It is actually. I look. I know. I'm. I'm not defending them at all. But just to sort of dive into that point, and um, you know, I, I, I work in 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 football and in sport, and um, I'm fortunate enough to speak to to a lot of clubs. Um, and one of the main challenges that they have is that you know that gen- genuinely it, it is a thing that younger people up to like sort of 15, 16 year olds. Um, one of the issues they have is that they end up supporting their esports team. So instead of the yeah. actual football team, they, it's it's esports is huge, and I don't get it. It's not my world. And hey, I've played yeah. a game of FIFA, but I don't quite follow that sort of thing. And now there are like stadiums for esports gamers and virtual spaces where the people invest themselves. And genuinely, there's a big FIFA world. And now that yeah, each yeah. there's there's the Eredivisie has the very cleverly named E Divisie, um, and we have <laughs> the, the E Premier League. I don't know. It's very clever. And uh, you know, I've spoken to the division themselves about it. And one of the biggest things is trying to 
make sure that they still capture those young fans and bring them across to the league and actually get them attendance because attendance is often their Eredivisie at the moment and, and and that is one of the reasons and they've got a whole incentive to to try and drive people or you know the creation of these like e-leagues are reasons to try and get them to support something within the club to still believe in the mm. club rather than just following like esports teams by the way you know just to have a little bit of a high at some point in the podcast Danny Fuchs has a, an esports team do you know what that is called? Fuke. You. No, but close. No Fuke's given. Uh. <laughs> very good. Uh. Um, no Fuke's given. So that's very good. But anyway, I deviated my point a bit. But so, and again, not to back up what they're saying, but there is an issue uh, across Europe, and I don't, you know, know too much about the rest of the world, but I know that there is genuine issue about um, following like leagues. But but that doesn't help those teams right because we don't have an issue with that i don't think in the premier league but the reason why we have the e premier league is so that um and by the way that how that works because each player there's a player for the representative in esports for each club yeah each club yeah so that the idea is that if you get a really good player the young kids follow that player they end up supporting arsenal because they support that player but yeah. um which makes sense but like it's not a huge issue we still every every club in the premier league sells out and um apart from city we um so uh yeah there's just uh, yeah but but none of the clubs that are in the super league have that problem there's no problem that's being solved there by using their own data you know i don't know yeah but it's not it's not like offering a universal solution it's like well here's a solution for the teams who are already doing better than anyone else Mm. If it was a solution saying, okay, we're doing a European league in which anyone can get promoted, anyone could get relegated, mm. and we're taking the top two teams who finish top of their league this season, all through Europe, fine. Yeah. Not fine. I still don't really want it, but I can I can understand the benefit of that. Yeah, you would, it would bring up other leagues, ran- right? Yeah. Yeah, but to randomly select, yeah, I'm not going over it again, but randomly yeah. selecting these teams is bullshit. I know, mate. I know. Oh, dear. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> any, any, anything else to, to say about it? Or should we go to bed? Uh, Not I'm together, to obviously. Oh. <laughs> well, maybe. How far away are you, mate? Oh, <laughs> I could, I could do with a hug. Oh, I thought, damn it. All right. Oh, well. Social distance as well. Oh, of you course. Know. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, no, I don't, no, I don't have. Uh, all right do you no not at all i mean a word on uh just for like one more minute then what what do you want to happen in the everton game or 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 what's your ideal rest of the season if everything went perfectly from here on in what does that perfect look like uh for me the prem is right off now i think that draw of film is like we can't possibly do well there yeah no, that's a good so point. It's, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a happy ending. So we do we do rotate a bit in the Premier League. Mm. Um Eddie increases his value, Balogun bangs in a couple of goals, Aziz makes his debut, Martinelli plays loads, lots of the young players come through. Um we somehow mm. find a backup left back in the youth team. Mm. Um and finish, you know, win a couple of games, have a good few performances, and then obviously go on a run, win the Europa League. Um, everyone says that they don't want to be part of the um, European Super League. Mm. 
and then um, Tottenham lose in the uh, was it the League Cup final coming yeah, up? Yeah, League Cup next week. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a major trophy for them, though. It would be. It would be. That would be the only trophy for them they could get. Although they did win the Audi <laughs> Cup once, didn't they? And then they did tweet about that quite a lot. Yeah, the Audi yeah. Cup. Um, I yeah, no. For, for me, I would like Kronke to sell his shares. Oh, great, yeah, great idea. To to no to, to David Attenborough, um, oh. who suddenly uh, out of field that is yeah, and he suddenly um, he 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 figures out how to uh, turn carbon emissions into energy, um, nice. but but like properly and really efficiently. Um, but he owns the club, and so he becomes really rich, and therefore the club, having funded this. Uh, yeah. Also become really rich while saving the world. Equally, yeah. they you know, solve you know world really poverty. Like who? Hector. He, he would. would that he up. would love that. He would love yeah. that, and he'd stay. Let him. He'd bring in Forest Green Rovers, and we'd all, you know, we'd yeah. all have a little celebration. So, we'd solve. We'd solve. You know, we cure uh, world hunger or uh, world poverty, whatever you want to call it. And we'd, we'd, we'd do everything, mate. And it would all be in the process of the world's craziest Champions League run next season where we win and everybody drops their pants and moons set blatter um in with in the stadium boxes with their paddy power boxes yeah yes yeah. that would be pretty good that's my that's, and hey yours a boy is can really dream good, actually honestly yeah. the only way i can improve on yours is if arsenal actually signed david attenborough as a player and he scores oh, the winning goal really? in the champions and set it forward <laughs> oh, I would be sorry, yeah top. Yeah, he's not he's not as mobile as he used to be, but man, he's got a good touch for a big man. <laughs> <laughs> if there ever was a journeyman striker, it's David Ambrose. <laughs> he would get flicks for days, mate. He would <laughs> pick it up to oh, David. God. Pick it up to Dave. So Dave, but yeah. So, so he would definitely do that to the players, wouldn't he? Yeah. The young young kids. <laughs> oh, it's Sir David oh. actually. Yeah. the man on the oh, tabloid. I, <laughs> I think that's a, a pretty pretty good place to leave it it's as, it's as so, good as any other place i think so yeah um okay yeah. all right well um we'll be back this sunday uh and i don't really know what that's going to feel like or look like i think we'll probably have maybe dropped points or i don't know one against everton but it kind of feels all a bit weird and pointless now so um we'll see how we feel then uh have a good week and we will see you soon cheers gus but just yeah. <laughs> bye. <laughs>